There's another podcast you should be listening to, TED Health, a podcast from the TED Audio Collective. Join host Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter as she introduces you to leading health experts and breaks down the health questions you didn't know you had. Learn more about the way your body works and the newest insights changing the medical world, like what a smart bra means for better heart health, three ways to prepare for the next pandemic, and how we can all live healthier lives. Find TED Health wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick live from Holy sweet mother of God, we've made it to British Columbia. <laughs> We're here. We sat on the we sat on the ride up tonight, and I think this crowd's going to be hype as fuck. Yeah, and uh, that well, we, I, uh, our microphones are now ruined because of that. And I think they just blew up. Thank you all so so much. Thank you so much for showing up. Um, how many, how many, so we're in Squamish, if, if you couldn't hear me during that, uh, that very beautiful round of applause, um, but how many of you are, are, have driven up from Vancouver? Uh, a round of applause. <laughs> how many, Sweet. how many, uh, squamish are there? squamish Squamish. <laughs> What what is what is somebody from yeah, Squamish yeah, called? What is the yeah, what, what do you guys go by? Squamites. Squamites. That's yeah. that sounds like it's something you would not want to have an infestation of in your house. <laughs> yeah. Like a bunch of or squamites. on your person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how many people from not from Vancouver or Squamish? Sweet. Awesome. Amaze. Amaze. Well, thank you all so much for taking the time to come out here. Um, this is our second trip out to British Columbia. Um, first live show. First live show in BC. First live show in Squamish. Probably won't be the last now. And a uh, huge thank you to A-Frame Brewing for, for hosting mm-hmm. us. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's throw it to the conversation at hand. We are sitting here with our, our not-so-new friend. No. Uh, Sarah. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are um, you feeling? Uh, okay. <laughs> a little nervous? No, I'm okay. Have you ever done anything have, like this before? I have one before? beer down, so we're good to go. Okay. Sorry? Have you ever done anything like this before? A podcast? No, you know, like the, you know, sitting down with three men in front of a group of like, you know, <laughs> yeah. 75 like how people. how new is yeah. this for you? Yeah. Bi-weekly, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, met, uh, we met in March of this year yeah. down yeah. in Austin, Texas at South mm-hmm. by Southwest. Yeah, at uh, the Heim concert. That's right. Yeah. Which was incredible. Super fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. At the Bumble House. The yeah. Bumble <laughs> at the Bumble House. We met at a Bumble party. <laughs> which wasn't anything like I thought it would be. Not at all. Very clothed. Yeah, yeah very clothed. <laughs> yeah. Very clothed. Um, and while we were down there, we found out that you... Um, you know what? We, we found out something that we were like, hey, you should apply to be on the podcast. I actually don't even remember what the fuck we found out because that was an open bar, I believe, that that party. It was. Um, It was deadly. But also, that's like kind of a huge part of what we try to do is is to to know as little as as possible. I thought you were going to say to drink as much as possible. (laughs) We do try to do that as well. But uh, to to know as little as as possible so that we can learn along with everybody else. So why don't you... uh, Break the news to all of us. What are we here to talk about today? Okay. Ah, uh, okay. So about, uh, I'd say 
12, 13 years ago, um, had some pains in my abdomen, as you do. Um, got of some course. weird... Like, uh, like, la- like lady pains? No, because <laughs> I don't even get those. It was, ra- it was just these weird, random pains, and I was like, you know, it's nothing. I come from a family of physicians who literally you have to have a bone like protruding from your body to to ask to go to emergency. So That's what like, a family of physicians. They're is always like? just like, you know, sleep it off. You'll, you, it's fine. It's nothing. Like, and so I was like, no, I think this is something. So went to. This is my like praise to everyone. Just to avoid walk-ins if you can. Uh, I always went say to, that. <laughs> every guest say that. So I went to a few walk-ins. I got the best one. I got was. Are you leaning against your desk too too much? You know when when you're trying to type. God, that is a so, beautiful insight. So I was like, yeah, no, Who the I fuck don't. Thinks about that. <laughs> like unless you lift up your shirt and there's like this clear, just one strip of bruise. <laughs> yeah. Like I would never go. Yeah. Oh, you know what? She's oh. probably pushing into her desk. Yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah. she's an aggressive yeah, yeah. type. what it is. Which, yeah. which, which is also crazy, though, because we, uh, we spoke to an, an ER doctor, and he yeah. said, like, one of the most common <clears throat> things that people come in with is abdominal pain. Yeah. And, and there's, like, thousands of different things that it could be. Yeah. And I never thought that leaning up against a desk would be one <laughs> of the things. But you know what the crazy thing that he said was is that when someone comes in with abdominal pain, they start with the craziest and most horrible thing that it could be. Which and then is they work, not And then they work down the from there. Yeah. So this doctor thought that leaning against the desk was, was the like, worst thing that could have possibly been happening to so you. I was like, this woman is just phoning it in today. Like, <laughs> he, first thought, he first thought she must be fully just throwing her full body yeah. into the desk. No, 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 wait, no. Leaning into the desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I just couldn't help but hear you be like, "Yep, yep, yeah." Like, <laughs> are you an ER doctor? I'm a physio. Physio works in the ER. Okay. Yeah. How many, how many medical professionals are in the room tonight? So like Sweet. ten. So if anybody, if anybody starts having issues, uh, you're, you're coming to the right place. There's probably, there's probably more doctors and medical professionals in this room than there are in Squamish total. <laughs> I would guess. How big is Squamish? It can't be that big. I don't know. <laughs> is that offensive? Are the are the, are the, are the Squamish? Is it offensive to be a small population? <laughs> 20,000? That's solid. That's, that's fucking, pretty solid. That's yeah. fucking tiny, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's real tiny. Okay, so, okay, so, so it wasn't... Hold on. It, it wasn't the desk? Apparently not. No. Okay, got it, got yeah, it. Okay. Fascinating stuff. So I'm glad we spent so much time on that. Finally got an appointment with my actual GP who did like one touch on my abdomen. She's like, your appendix is about to explode. I'm sending you to the ER right now. So this oh, was shit. a well-trained doctor. Oh, yeah. She literally... It was just like... Yep, that's your appendix, and you got to go right now. So what? what I, so I've never had appendicitis. Okay, I have. Um, and and appendix, appendixes—they're overrated. Taylor, Who I have them? not. Okay, cool. So we're. I thought that I had, but I didn't. Yeah. Okay. What what is that pain? Uh, what is that pain like? It's just to have like an an overall burning in the lower. I don't know in the like the lower right quadrant. I would say right. Right. Yeah. Like so different and from like a. Um, you know, like, like, have you like, ever had like, 
I, I swear to God, gas pain is... <laughs> it's the worst. It is, it is, Dude, it's... It's I, straight up one of the worst pains I've ever felt. I swear to God, it's exactly like that. That's what I thought. I thought, I was like, oh man, I just have to... I just have to take a, <laughs> take a huge a shit. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I so, used to carry Pepto-Bismol with me so, as, a, as, a, as a teenager because I didn't want to fart when I was hanging out with girls. <laughs> and, I would, and, and I would like down Pepto-Bismol after a night of like hanging out and I'd be like, oh God, this is the worst. I'd crawl into bed and be like... That stuff makes yeah. you go, right? Because like I, I drank... Like when I my experience, I drank like a bunch of that and was like, "Fuck, man!" I like my belly is fucked up. Yeah, and uh, and it didn't do anything, obviously, because I had an appendicitis. Because <laughs> you had a because you need, you had an organ that needed to be taken out. Yeah, which is fucking nuts, right? You don't even need in the first place, <laughs> right? It's the worst. That's yeah, so that's, a, that's an interesting. Th- so that yeah. the the the, the uh, that's. That's like 100% accurate. We don't need our appendix. No, okay. At all. It does absolutely nothing. My story gets pretty fucked up too, but I'll let you tell yours oh, first. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. So gracious. I, don't know. Of I think you. the people are yeah. Yeah. on pins no, no, and needles. No, no, you go ahead. Okay. Everybody obviously came for Sarah. <laughs> all of I know. We already know that. You know, I'd be lying if that wasn't in the back of my mind. <laughs> okay, okay so, so she presses your belly and she's yeah. like, you are about to pop. Yeah. So go in and uh, get the appendix taken out. It was a bit of a complicated appendectomy. It had kind of like grown, it had grown into my um, intestines, so they had to do a bit of a bowel resection. No way. And unfortunately, when I woke up, Is I just- Is that what you had? I did. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can talk no, bowel we, resection. Yeah. Dude, yeah. So unfortunately, when I woke up, uh, kind of I got a look from my mom, and oh, I was no. like, what You're is ostomy. going on? No. So I can talk about ostomies too. Um, so she, <laughs> she, God. I just, there's like, something's wrong. And there's, she's like, yeah, they found a rare, uh, type of cancer while they were taking out your appendix. Whoa. Okay. It, uh, in the appendix, the cancer? So the cancer originates in the appendix and then it basically spreads throughout your a- abdomen. And was, so that, it's, it's, was that the cause of the pain? Was that where that yeah, came from? So basically the cancer produces this mucus. And then, so they call it, if, if you let it go untreated, it turns into jelly belly. And basically, people just think they're gaining weight when really it's just this buildup of mucus, like which are cancerous cells. Whoa. That start basically. That sounds way less fun than jelly belly sounds. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it jelly sounds belly like so sounds fun. so fun. <laughs> it sounds like a game you play with like your kid. Totally. Yeah, jelly yeah. Belly. That's like a pet name I call my wife. Oh, <laughs> jelly belly. <laughs> Bridie, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. so sorry I said that. Yeah. It just really didn't it just really didn't ring with yeah. me. I didn't you know, like it. I didn't it came, like it. That came across as insensitive <laughs> insensitive, but I knew, I knew what you meant. Yeah, it was endearing. Yeah. Yeah. It was endearing. That's what it was meant to be. If anybody's quoting the show and live like Instagramming at Bridie McLean, you can just uh, send that to her. <laughs> Fuck. <clears throat> okay. So Okay. So we so <laughs> I'm so sorry. All I'm thinking about is gross, like the popcorn jelly bellies that are just disgusting. They're the worst. But that so that didn't happen to you though. Like it didn't start. No. So they 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 caught it. I would say midway through. Like so, it wasn't the best case scenario. Um, so then we had to, so basically what I have is called pseudomyxoma peritonei and it's, whoa, 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 whoa. slow that down, <laughs> bring it back, like bring that down like 25% speed. To, so we call it PMP. So it's pseudomyxoma peritonei, which is basically a cancer that attacks the peritoneal lining of your abdomen. Pseudomyxoma, pseudomyxoma peritonei. peritonei. Say that. 
Pendulum 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 I forgot to do that. So does it. Hibbity bibbity. Yeah. Hibbity dibbity. PMV. PMP. PMP. DMV. I don't know why PMP sounds worse. Um, so because it's rare, uh, we started looking into all these treatments, and the guy that had pioneered the treatment for this uh, type of cancer was in Washington, D.C., called Dr. Sugarbaker. Looked into it, obviously. Oh, no. <laughs> I love... I, I don't, no, you know what, you know what I, I love? Remember. I love how you try to know. gloss over yeah. that. You're like... Yeah, so there's this doctor, and his name is Dr. Sugarbaker. Anyway. <laughs> and he specializes in Jelly Belly. <laughs> this sounds like, this sounds like a, an illness that occurred in the, in, the, in the universe of the gingerbread man. <laughs> Holy shit. The gingerbread man has Jelly Belly, oh and he's going to go see Dr. Sugarbaker. Baker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it was too good. It was too good. That's not a real person. <laughs> okay. I'm crying. So, apparently he's like a, a, a god, and he invented, he invented the procedure, called, and he coined it the sugar baker technique. Um, the shake and, and bake. Definitely don't do that if you're naked. Like, I get it. Name it after yourself. But like, what was his first name? Like, the Larry Steve, technique would have yeah. been yeah, way better than the sugar the Steve technique. God, man. So okay. for his services, so, yeah, so for his technique? services alone, like no hospital bills, drugs, anything, hundred k, just to get him. So wow. we we're like, what do we do? And my parents obviously were like, okay, we'll mortgage the house. Like, we'll figure out a way to get Wait, this fuck. guy because he's Whoa. obviously the guy for this. We did a bit more research, found out there is, now is like my hero is Dr. Temple and he's in Calgary and he trained under Sugar Baker and, (laughs) I don't know why, that's funny. Okay, and so he was doing this procedure in Calgary. And so <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, with you. I'm so, with you. Hold on, hold on. So you don't have to pay the hundred k because you're no. going to do it in Canada. And uh, like BC temple. was able to say, okay, we can't treat this in <clears throat> BC. We'll send you to Alberta right. to get it done there. And actually, everyone around the country gets, with what I have, gets sent to Doctor T. Now, a question. Now, you've got the news that you've got this rare form yeah. of cancer. Like, what is the information that they're giving you about it in terms of like? How aggressive it is, yeah. how harmful it can be, how quickly it can. You know. So the sugar, the sugar baker technique. Let's just is, say the SB technique. Totally. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is they call it uh, MOAS. MOAS. They call it the mother of all surgeries. It's usually 15 <laughs> to 17 hours, and oh they. Oh my god, dude. They have to remove every organ you can stand to live without. Whoa. Which what are those? So <laughs> Dude, this is the craziest. <laughs> this is what the craziest are the ones story. you can stand to live without. Because the like it, because it's this mucinous wait, tumor, oh, it like just it basically just attaches, it <clears throat> thrives on attaching to organs. Yo, wait, how many how many organs are there that you can stand to live so, without? So, do you want to yeah. know which organs wait, I don't I'll, have? I want to guess at some wait, of them. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, wait. Oh, okay, are we going so, too fast? No, <laughs> no, no, we're not going too fast. There's just so much to unpack. Yeah. So, wait, you. Yeah, okay. like all of the organs in I your know, stomach. <laughs> <laughs> or most of them, I don't know. So, That's good. That's good. So, 
not only do they have to take them out, but they don't put them back in? No. No. <laughs> yeah, no. duh. I, I, no, no, okay, so I was, I was thinking... Just rinse I, them down and put them <laughs> yeah. back. Well, I, that's what I was thinking, was like, to get the surgery to work, we need to literally remove them, mm-hmm. you know, clean you out, and then put them back in. But they're like, no, no. No, they can't, like, because it, it gives you a greater chance of recurrence if they're still in there. What do you not have? Oh, can I guess? <laughs> go for it. Do you want to okay. guess? You guess one, I'll guess, and we'll like we'll take turns. Okay, okay. go. I already got one. You don't have a spleen. I don't. You don't have a gallbladder. I don't. You don't have uh, one kidney. No, I do have both kidneys. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was going to say appendix, but that was obvious. Brian lost. Um, <laughs> appendix. <laughs> appendix. Okay, so gallbladder's gone. Spleen. Spleen's gone. Appendix. Appendix is gone. Large intestine, colon. I've got lots of it removed. So every time I have a surgery, I get marked for an ostomy. I'm with you. Yeah. So, yeah. and it's the first thing after coming out of anesthetic, I'm always yeah. like, the ostomy? First question. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. no. And I was like, yes. Yeah. And they're like, don't raise your arms. I always have to go and meet with the ostomy nurse and they give me a booklet with yeah. like this 75-year-old dude on it that's yeah. like... Here's Dude, how, how like, you treat your ostomy. And they sit down with you and they like they 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 go, it's gonna go yeah, here. Yeah, it's gonna be here and it'll go above your below your pant line. And they tell you, like, you know, there's some great advances in ostomy pockets these days. And you're I'm like, like no, I don't, you know, like, yeah, no. tell me about it. I don't it. need yeah. it. Yeah. Like, they can put really silly designs exactly. on your bag, and you're like, <laughs> you know, silly the, designs you know, the, sometimes you'll have to maybe not eat food that makes it, you know, a bit more gassy. And I was yeah. like, no. I will say, though, Jess Grossman from Toronto at Uncover Ostomy, yeah. she, she's doing like a really amazing job she of like making yeah. living with it. an ostomy, especially yeah. for a younger person. Yeah. Like, she's way a, she's more a, she's a model who actually models. In her ostomy, ostomy, and it's wow. like sh- shows it off. It's really beautiful. Amazing. When I, I remember when I came out, it was the same thing. It was like, do I have an ostomy? <laughs> it was like the first question. Exactly. They're like, no, you don't. I was like, yes. And they're like, and then my dad, my dad was like, but you've got a, you've got a catheter. And I was like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> who cares? I care. <laughs> Me. I was like, I don't want that in my peepee. I'm awake. <laughs> Take that shit out. Anyway, I forget. I forget <laughs> okay, where we so were. Where we were? Do we, do we, we nail have... all the organs? Oh, um, and a um, full hysterectomy. Full hysterectomy, which is your oh. uh, ovaries, mm-hmm. or, right? Or your mm-hmm. uterus? Ovaries. Or, or, okay. <laughs> You're so I was confused. Like, You're uh, like, lady bits. Uh, lady bits. Uh, I don't know. What? Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm bored. I'm, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with being wrong about this. Um, what is removed during a hysterectomy? Because it, I don't know. So it's ovaries, uh, fallopian tubes, and I actually was, my uterus was left in. So um, my doctor, Dr. Temple, being amazing as he is, said, we're probably going to have to remove all this. Uh, You should probably have your eggs frozen. And so actually BC Cancer um, funded part of the egg retrieval. Oh, because that's expensive, isn't it? It is so expensive. it's not cheap. And the funny part, so it's a bit of a funny story. At the time, I had a boyfriend of four years, and they're like, okay, we're removing your eggs. They actually survive uh, if they're fertilized. And I'm 23, and I was like, I don't know if you're my baby daddy. Like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. So I Whoa, ended up that's intense. going with a donor. It's like looking on that's a good idea. Like, Tinder, and I'm like, but it's like Tinder with their medical history. So it's, right. and like, really? what, so it's like what Tinder should be. And I... And I <laughs> <laughs> and so I literally picked this guy and I called the clinic and I was like, okay, I've chosen this guy. And they're like, oh, he's very popular. 
Because he's like tall, dark, handsome, no history of cancer, perfect so you, skin. You get to see him. Totally. You're like, do you have have his number too? Do you, think he gets, do, do you think this guy gets like a he gets like a notification on his phone every time someone picks his sperm? Ding, it just goes yeah. ding, and he just goes yes. It's, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. I, I wish that that's what happened. The Shopify sound, the cha-ching, yeah, yeah, cha-ching. Someone else picked yeah, you. Exactly. That's so fucking crazy. I didn't know that this thing existed. Is it an app or is it like an just an online? <laughs> It's uh, it's just like the sperm bank. Yeah, right. But then they give you like their photos and their medical history. You don't know their name, and then you just go through. And I remember my did you name him? I in remember your head? my dad. My dad's a physician, and it was so bad. I was like, "Do you have any uh, advice you can give me?" He's like, "Don't pick uh, a ginger. They're actually prone to disease." I think I might have found one. <laughs> he's, like, that, he's like, that's it? He's like, Matt, that, are you it. a ginger? No. Oh, uh, you're, you're, but you're like fair. You're fair. Yeah, yeah. look, you're fair-skinned. You're fair. You're, okay. How you doing? How's your health? Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. You're if it goes ginger. south, just apply to the show. <clears throat> okay, so, uh, you know, this has been I, like... I, wanna, I just want to, before we, before we move on, I, I do want to... Um, uh, get a little real for a minute, mm. because you know that's what I was about to do. Oh, okay, say okay, all right, sweet. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we're on the same page. I'm glad we're on the same page yeah. because you were you were talking about okay, I lost my gallbladder, lost lots of my colon, mm-hmm. lost um, uh, you know the, the the organs that don't matter, yeah, or the organs that you can live without, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I don't know about you, but I feel like yeah, sure, take that shit. Like get, if I don't need it, I can mm-hmm. survive. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that for a lot of people, like the thought of going, oh, but I'm also going to lose like the majority of my reproductive system totally. is heavy. Yeah. You know, like that's a, that would be a hard pill to yeah. swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, what, Especially I was at 23 at the time. Yeah. And like, like, okay, so at 23, what was your, you know, what was your mind frame? Like, was that something that really bummed you out or was it something that... It's tough. I, I, I feel like the answer I should give is like, yes, I like cried and reflected. But I think because I was 23, I just didn't have kids on the brain. Yeah. yeah. Like I've always been someone that's like, you know, get married in the early 30s, have kids. Like that was my timeline. So I think if I had kids on the brain then, I would have been like, oh. But being given, I think I was more stoked that I was being given still the option because some, right. a lot of women, this this cancer is discovered while they're getting a C-section and they just, they don't have a choice. They have no time to save their eggs. So I was, at least was given the option to freeze my eggs and then they took everything out. Mm-hmm. So I think I was looking at on the positive side in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and do you just, think that that's like shaped the way that you've now continued to think about oh, children in the way that totally. it's like, well, uh, you know, my option is that I've got these frozen eggs and yeah. it's not like, so that's like continued to shape the way that you it, think and about And I it. feel like every, I, I have so many girlfriends that are like, oh, that must be amazing. You have frozen eggs, fun, frozen 23 year old eggs. Like that's incredible. And does that, um, does that matter? Well, I, th- I don't know. I, like, I, I, don't I know. do have a few more <laughs> girlfriends that are getting up in age that, um, maybe want to have kids, but don't have a boyfriend. But they're like, I wish I would have frozen my eggs a while back, just so you always have that option. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, are those like, and are those I would have 
are those twenty three year old eggs just like super ready and like totally. fertile? <laughs> well, I got. I think I got like eighteen eggs. So I literally have eighteen. Oh, that's a lot. It's right? a ton. Yeah, because normally you only get like eight to ten. But because I was so young. Um, Whoa! Was, yeah, very are you, fertile. Are you, uh, very are you fertile. With, are you with the same guy that you were with then? <laughs> no. So, so it um, it pr- pretty much ended because he was on board to be the baby daddy, and I was like, I don't know if this is <clears throat> this is a long term. And then that kind of was the beginning of the end. Okay. Right. So has that or did that play a role in like future dating that you did, like having to eventually tell? Someone that you're falling in love with that, like, hey, look, like, by the way, yeah, for my sure. eggs are frozen. Also, I know your boyfriend's here tonight, yeah. so, uh, you know, if this Just is get getting, him on the mic. <laughs> if this is getting a little awkward. No, not at all. We can tell him to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just go outside and cover your ears for a minute. Yeah. No, it actually I think... turns out we're here to tell you that you were the guy who we chose for the sperm on his birthday. <laughs> 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 the test determined that you were... <laughs> You are the father. Would that be really weird or like really beautiful? <laughs> I can't tell. Like a beautiful uh, episode of Jerry Springer. I was thinking more like Maury Povich. Yes. Yeah. I, I was totally thinking like extreme saying. home makeover. <laughs> yeah, because that's something that they do on that show. Yeah. Okay, so so you are now. Let's return to Sugar. Yeah. Burger. Yes. Okay. So we end up finding Temple. He can do the surgery. Um, and a lot of it, they don't know how much they're going to have to remove until they get in there. And so once they got in there, it was about, about a 15-hour procedure. And the, the super unique part of my treatment is it's a new type of chemotherapy, and it's heated. So it rather he- than... It's heated? Heated. It's called HIPEC. And it, rather than going in intravenously, they actually, after the surgery, it kind of goes in like a wash. Like, it's like this heated chemo, and it's funny, there's a nurse, she, she knows, that we were ta- she's like, oh my God, you had Dr. Temple, I know all about HIPEC. So, and it, uh, basically, it's a wash that sits there, they sew you up, and then there's like these six drains that just like slowly drain the chemo out after. <laughs> Whoa. So, after my surgery, uh. we, we joked, I had 16 tubes coming out of me. Whoa. Between the catheters, the... The eye lines, the everything. Like it was, I was like, yeah. And I also look like the Puff State Marshmallow Man because I, <laughs> because of just all the fluid buildup. Was there hair loss or anything like that? I, no. I, so the crazy thing or... is, no hair loss, but like extreme nausea. Um, but this heated chemo is doing wonders for like my type of cancer and a lot of bowel and uh, ovarian cancers. Heated, Holy heated shit. chemo. It's called heated That's chemo. Crazy. Like, why, it's, why? Is it warmed up? Yeah. Or? Yeah. So they're thinking if if they warm it up, it actually increases like the efficiency of the chemo and it targets the, these types of cancer cells that sit on top of whatever they're trying to target. Like it would never, you would never be able to treat like pancreatic where the tumor's inside the organ. But if it's like sitting on top, they can just wash it and kill those kind of micro cells. So, so the tubes that are in you, are they there to insert the, the no, wash? No, it's to drain and it. To drain? So how does it get in? They, they literally dump it in at, after... You're like cut after, open. After they remove everything... They just pour they it all pour in pour it you? all in. And then sew you sew up? Sew you up and then it drains out. 
Yeah. What Whoa. the fucking yeah. fuck? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. This Dude, is that's like crazy. Yeah, this is like Matrix shit. Like uh, you know, like when he's in that like when he's in the bath it, when yeah. he gets woken up. He's like, Bleh! and all the tubes are like, pa 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 pa. That's exactly what happens. Was it like that? Bang on. Wait, were you awake? Which? When you're no. the, when the tubes when it's all draining out of you. Yeah, I'm awake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was. So <laughs> duh. I'm in. I'm in. Like I'm in ICU. I'm pretty drugged up, but. Can you? I'm where does, what does it drain into? Like a one bucket or like? <laughs> many buckets. How many buckets? What do they cost? And what do I they look like? I have no idea. Oh um, my god. It, it, so, do they, is this something that they do one time after the surgery? How do they like? They how many do times it one they... time. Yeah. So it kills it off all the micro some potent ass it's, chemo. Yeah, and it's it was so revolutionary that like Dr. Temple at the time had to go like get tubing from Home Depot to like rig it up so it would like drain. Like it was so, it's so revolutionary this what? type of chemo at the time. <laughs> I'm not kidding Dude, you. Dude, I'm so you are sorry. making this up. I am not. <laughs> Ask yeah, anyone that and knows then me. the doctor went yeah. to uh, <laughs> Rona. Yeah, and um, like we've talked Neil to Neil Buchanan like, from Art Attack showed uh, yeah. up, and like let's make a big chemo art attack. And, like how many how many people have we talked to? No joke. How many people have we talked to with cancer, with different types of cancer, of all different types of treatment and experiences? We haven't heard any of this yeah. at no, all. Yeah, this is crazy. like this is yeah. this is yeah. like hundred percent new. Which yeah, my surgeon came in with a scrub cap that says, "I like it hot." <laughs> <laughs> God, you've just had the funniest yeah. cancer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Did all of these guys go to like clown school before? <laughs> the fuck? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, this is what, crazy. What, what is the actual like? What is the okay? This act, This has been a roller coaster of laughs. <laughs> like, I, but what is the I'm sure that it's not just you laughing 100% of the way through this no. whole experience. Obviously, it was, I'm sure, <laughs> fucking terrible and awful. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I know. She's like, <laughs> I know, but I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I know, but it's been so, it's been, it's been too easy to laugh about the whole, like, yeah. all the moving parts to this. What are you, what are you going through so, at this time? So I was in hospital for about a month. Um, and long story short, and this is not the fun part of the story, it came back four more times. So I've had that surgery five times. Whoa. Do they keep trying to remove more out of your body? So they keep, every time there's, they do more of a bowel resection, more of the ostomy, like, and every time they have to do, they call it a tumor debulking. So every time they have to go in, um, I have about a foot long scar (laughs) that goes like, um, open me up. Uh, take it out, do the chemo, and then I'm in hospital for about a month afterwards. Holy, fuck. Holy okay. shit, so that's happened five times. You've been in the hospital for a month, five times. Yeah. And, and what's the timeline between, like, uh, time one, every, time two? Like- so it was every couple years it was coming back. Um, and I never get symptoms, like, other than the first one. It, it's always just through the CT or the MRI. They're like, yeah, we've, we see a recurrence. And then, oh, I wish I could swear, but I was... You, I was uh, five. Are you fucking? I? Yeah. Okay, I can't. Have I you I never was, fucking listened I to have, like the last? The word, the F word, has come out of my okay, mouth good. at least twenty-five <laughs> times since we've sat down here. That's true. Okay. Okay. As soon as the guests were, so, so we're like, whoa, <laughs> turn whoa, it down. Bad. 
Turn it down. So I thought I was fucking cured because I was five years clear scans. I was like, oh, I like, oh, am in the clear. Yeah, and that's, then that's what they tell ca- totally. cancer patients, right? Yeah. They're like, hey, five years, like you're good to yeah. go. You're pretty much. So yeah. and then last summer, uh, I came back. So I was uh, back at Foothills and uh, in September. Whoa. And so. And then out of hospital in about in November and back at work in December. What's that Whoa. like? What's that like feeling? Did you it's, did, did you get to the place where you were feeling like yes, this is? It, I didn't even think gone. about it. I like going through the motions of going for scans. I was like, oh, okay, it's gonna come back clear. And every time I go in to see my oncologist, it's like, yep, you're clear. Come back in six months. And then it's always like, well, we see a little spot. And I was like, okay. And then finally, they're like, yeah, this spot is an, an actual reoccurrence of the cancer. And so, um, it granted, this one was a little bit less, like it was just a smaller spot, um, but it was still a recurrence. They still have to do the chemo. Um, Where are these the spots motion. showing up? Like, are they showing up on the, um, on, on the, the remainder, like remaining organs that are within you that are not necessarily needed f- to live? Like, yeah, so or- this one, they, the last one show, showed up on my bladder, so... And they couldn't take out my blood. They could if I wanted a urostomy, but right. I opted. There's there's a lot of choice they gave me. Like they said, like if we, do you want to leave your ovaries in? Like do you? Because sorry, I have to say his name again. Sugar Baker is ruthless, and he literally removes everything. Like he doesn't give the patient any choice. And Temple was really good about working with me. He's like, because this is it's a quality of life thing. He's like, we could take out your pancreas. Um, but yeah, you're, an, you're an instant diabetic. Like, your yeah, life would yeah. change. Yeah, so he literally worked around, because he knew my quality of life, knew I was super active, and I'm young. Like, normally, this condition hits women like I, and men in their 50s, 60s. So he's like, you still obviously have a lot of life to live, so we want to make sure you, we give you the best quality of life. So let's figure out um, what are no-goes. Is so. there any, like, uh, <laughs> statistics around, like, how long... You could yeah. live with this? Yeah, so it's the statistics are quite optimistic. Um, I am the only one in Canada where it's come back five times. Whoa. <laughs> Normally it comes back maybe once, um, so it's a great record to have. Um, but honestly, it's I, I'm optimistic. My doctors are optimistic. It's honestly just these pesky surgeries I have to go through, um, that kind of set me back a bit for the but for the most part I'm able to live like like I did beforehand. Mm. And so. you're kind of in this like uncharted territory where they pro- where they can't if you're the only one yeah. then they can't give you like stats like no. oh well mm. people who get it this many times like have this rate yeah. of 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 living and whatever like you know they can't yeah. give you that cuz you're the one. So yeah and they take it to apparently there's a tumor board in Canada yeah. and so they take my they've taken my case to the tumor board a few times being like 20, whatever, 26-year-old female, blah, blah, blah. And so, because they're wondering if maybe traditional chemo would help. So I actually have gone on traditional chemo once just to see if it would help. And, and uh, was that experience, like, uh, how did that how did that compare to it the, was, the it hot? Was it was fine. Yeah, it wasn't. I, and again, it was a type of chemo where I didn't lose my hair. Um, it was weird. The worst um, side effect was hand and foot syndrome, so you get really. Sick. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Where you walk on your hands and you, <laughs> and you eat and you eat, and you eat with your feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a crazy. Hang on. Yeah. No, you just get really like sensitive hands and feet, and so you, yeah, you almost can't walk for a little while. It's the weirdest side effect, but it's minimal for 
sensitive in what way? Just like it, it's like ah, that's too cold. Or no, it's like it's um, I don't know. It's maybe something about all the nerve endings in your hands and feet. Maybe, it a, just maybe a medical someone wrote us about it. Uh, someone sent us an email at some point and kind of and 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 wrote us about it. And uh, anyway, okay, it, it, it sounded really fucking interesting when I, when they. Send an email. Cool. It'd be great if we had that information right now. <laughs> well, does anybody here have that information? Here have hands and feet syndrome? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like, it's oh, like you it, like touched a hot pan. If you didn't hear that, it blisters on your hands and your feet. Jesus. Yeah, that sounds horrible. No. Anyway. So. You okay? Is there is there anything to be said about you know the chances of this? Um, we so we just recently lost our friend Brandon to cancer, and like that was the that was the you know I've been around a lot of people who have have lived with cancer and 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 but it, it's kind of you when when I meet these people or when we meet a lot of the people that come on the show, we talk about their experience, but there's a little bit of distance from it. When Brandon got cancer. Um, he was he's very he was very close to us, and so we were very close to, you know, his journey in 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 finding out every time his cancer kept recurring. He got it four times, um, and one of the things that we realized very quickly was that like, oh, if it shows up, if it comes back in your lungs, that's a very bad thing. Is that is like, are there chances that this could come back and just pop up in in a you know, probably not the brain because there's that blood-brain barrier thing, but yeah, like somewhere it, in the lungs or somewhere rare, like rare. Like, and so I'll be honest. I try actually not to do very much research because I'm someone that'll just dwell on yeah. the one case where it spread to the brain. Yeah, and so it can. It has been known to be fatal and spread, but it's very rare, um, and that's from a rare cancer to begin with. So for now, all we can do is just keep attacking it when it comes back. Um, but because it's a very slow-growing tumor, um, normally it's, yeah, there's not a great chance it'll spread. Right. And so, like, if you just, is the worst case for you that, like, you lose your pancreas and you're a diabetic, yeah. and then you lose your bladder and you've got, a, 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 you've got an ostomy to pee, and then you lose your... You lose yeah. your intestines. Like, is well, that the, the the worst case? Honestly, every surgery they they go in is a lot more difficult because I have so much scar tissue. Right. So they say mm. like they say the, like I I do know like the worst case scenario is I could go in and clot because I have so much scar tissue that they actually can't get to the t- the tumor. Whoa. Um, do you have to start like a new? Line, line every yeah. time, or are they going through the same? They go in the same line, line. and so yeah, my abdomen is like crazy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Like I, I know when when uh, so I had surgery in October, and it was it was like super non in, non invasive, um, laparoscopic mm-hmm. surgery, um, and so like the scar that I have where they took out a you know significant amount of my large intestine is quite small. It's like this. It's just a bit longer than my belly button. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that little space, like. You know the the way the fascia, the way the connective tissue just sort of like like cinches in. Mm-hmm. It's it's significant and it completely yeah. changes the way that I relate to that part of my body now. Yeah, I can't even imagine. 
you, like, are they doing like pelvic or, or um, pelvis to sternum with you? Yeah, like, that's exactly. So it's funny. It took me this long, but I finally measured it like two weeks ago, and it's uh, almost a just under a foot and a half. Whoa. <laughs> long. Whoa. Yeah. So it's pretty long. Yeah. Do you hate it or do you love it? It's funny. I go back and forth. Um, sometimes Derek can attest. I'll like go to a fitness class and there's all these girls with like six pack abs and like and I was like mm, and they're walking around like, totally yeah. and, like, uh, and I remember when I first got out of surgery like the bathing suits with the strip down the middle were very were really popular and I was like yes, yeah I'm gonna nail these <laughs> and now I'd say I'd say it took a while to like feel comfortable with it and now I rock it and I don't care Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. So this sounds like we've we've really like nailed down, and especially a whole lot of laughs in that early part of like your story of finding out that you get this on the life side of thing, like how you feel about it and how you how did you how did you tell people that this was going on in your life, and was yeah. that a tough situation. I mean, you're, you're young, you're 23, you probably feel like you're fucking invincible. Yeah, and I honestly I don't know what your other, like, well, I do know some of what your other guests say. I actually didn't want to tell anybody because I get more scared from their reaction as soon as they hear, like, cancer, oh, like, you're going to die. I don't know. Like, I just get I'm so sensitive, and so I actually kept it quite secretive for quite a while until we knew the full scope of what was going on, and I don't think we even knew the full scope of like how long the surgery would be, what recovery was going to look like. So I kept it quite close to the chest, like just to the family for a while. Um, But as like after the first surgery and time goes on, I just now I'm a lot more comfortable speaking about it because I know um, the prognosis and um, but yeah, it was tough at the time. Did it did it get easier? Like so like the first time you're told that you have cancer, obviously it's. It's, I imagine, like, very emotionally difficult to deal with that. But then after, like, the second and third and fourth and fifth time, mm-hmm. like, Brandon, one of the things that Brandon said to us is that the first time it was, it was rough. Mm-hmm. The second time it was just as rough, but it didn't last as long. Like, that yeah. feeling didn't it's last true. as long. And by the, by the time the fourth time came around, for him it was like, okay, this fucking sucks. And then But you rise to the challenge. Like, okay. You're like, I, I got it. this. Yeah. Like, I know I can get through this and it fucking sucks, but I've been through this and I've been through worse. And um, yeah, I think the first time is always because there's just so much unknown. I think it's interesting when, when like Taylor, you asked about um, telling other people and, and when your, your answer makes a lot of sense that people would feel that way. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I've been noticing lately is, is when you, when you're dealing with something heavy, whether it's illness or whether it's a challenge in your life, mm-hmm. and you go and you 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 feel like you want to open up to somebody and you tell them, but you're worried that they're going to feel shitty and you're going to ruin their day by telling yeah. them that because you're putting your struggles Crap onto on them. them. Yeah. But I, I don't think that that's the way that people receive it. Um, I know personally when somebody comes to me and says, hey, look, like I'm dealing with this struggle and I want to talk to you about it, 
I feel like kind of honored at that that they feel like they can trust me to that point that totally. they'll come and share that. Yeah. And then I'll do what I can to to help support them, but at the end of our interaction, what I what I actually feel is not sadness from their story. Like I'm I'm sure I can empathize with them, but I usually feel more connected to them as mm-hmm. an individual and I think that that's what's like really important <laughs> if we can like kind of take away our own expectations of how other people will react and yeah. and kind of I think and I think as friends I've learned so much that friends get so worried about saying the absolute right thing mm. yeah like they're like like oh, oh my god okay I need to go into like perfect supportive friend mode and it's like you don't like I don't even need you to say the right thing like I need you to tell me how your day was if anything I need you to not talk about my shit over here because I just want you to treat me like a normal friend Mm -hmm. that you've always had Mm -hmm. and I think it's too bad because I have I did have a few friends pull away just because they didn't know what to say and Mm -hmm. it seems like everybody everybody who has gone through like a really serious bout of illness, whether that's chronic or, or, or just whatever, they, they get it and they get rid of it, is that there's this, like, lo- there's this separation. Actually, you know, we were talking, you said today, that the cream rises to the top. Like, you mm-hmm. find out who your it's friends are. It's fascinating. And then there's people that you were, like, you maybe said two words to them <clears throat> that come out of the woodworks, and you're like, wow, you are the, the most amazing person. Like, yeah. and it I, is crazy. It's so interesting. I don't know. There's something... Um, there's something really fascinating about that. I had my train. I had lost my train of thought there. That's Damn. okay. Just feel it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm curious to know, and and maybe this is. If you're not comfortable with this, we don't have to go into That's it. All good. Um, but how did? How does something so um, so invasive affect your your like inti- intimacy and like sex life? You know what I mean? Like I, I I when I I so again coming back to that tiny little belly button yeah. scar, like that totally. Fucked with my sex, yeah. My my quality of sex and like mm-hmm. the sex that I was having and how I related to my own body and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, did you find that that was like a an issue or? Oh, totally. I like didn't. I wanted to like. I just yeah. I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. For at least the first five years, because this just felt foreign to me, and it's Whoa, just not yeah. what I'm used what, to. What was it that like kind of made that that change? I think it was just. Like slowly switching the the scenario to from victim to just like badass, like I like owning it. Yeah, yeah. like I've gone to hell and back, and I have fought this, and and it's yeah, it's it puts everything I do into perspective. Like when I started to get like competitive in sports or cycling, or like whenever I'm just like. Oh, this sucks. I'm like, but when I think about actually, what, actually, what I've gone through, it's nothing. So, um, it just puts it in perspective. And yeah, it's, intimacy gets hard because I definitely, uh, and it's funny. It still affects me to this day where I'm a little bit ashamed of it. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't feel like me. But now it's just it's been so long. It's a part of me. I almost forget what I it looked like with a regular mm. abdomen. Mm. But. I think that I think that where my train of thought was going when I lost it was because um, I got it back. And, and, when you, and, when you, back. and when you get it back, you got to go for it. Yeah. Was that it's interesting? Like I think I think one of the reasons that you that you lose some friends when you when that thing happens when when that when you start to go through that is that you have some people in your life that that can't face that first conversation. They can't yeah. face that. Oh, I've got the friend with cancer, and what does that mean? And do I have to be this friend now? Am I? Is this, and and the reality 
I think, it's, at least in our experience with meeting people and talking to people with cancer or whatever, is that once you have that conversation, you just become, you just, it's just the same friendship Nothing again. Nothing changes. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's not like, and again, like, we, we, we're going back to Brandon because Brandon was someone we met through the podcast and we, again, we followed his journey with cancer, but it was like, we always just... It wasn't like we just only talked to Brandon about cancer. No. And he would probably be like, fuck you guys. Like, yeah. tell me about, like, something else. Like, yeah. we never really talked about it unless, yeah. unless he, he brought it up or he wanted to talk about it or we knew that there was, he was going through something that he, he would want to chat about. But other than that, it was like, we're best friends and we talk about the, the shit that friends talk about. I think one of, the, one of the things that I found when I would, when I would go and visit Brandon in the hospital... Um, I would usually walk in and say, like, hey, dude, like, how are you doing? And he would, I don't know, sometimes say he was doing well, sometimes say shitty. And I would usually just say, do you want to talk about it? And he'd he'd either say yes or no. Exactly. And if he didn't, then I'd be like, okay, well, here's what's going on in my life. And just start talking about myself because, you know. I I love that. Honestly, I swear to God, it's like a, uh, it was a really great technique to, like, be able to because I don't like he's been in the fucking hospital like what else what else is he gonna talk about yeah. you know yeah. like I'm like know, dude right? outside of here is yeah. so fucking good dude but, uh, I, didn't, I didn't say it that way I didn't say it that way but, Let me tell but you about seriously all the amazing was, food I've been eating and you know it was just a way to and and the he world has totally to, changed outside you're like, missing it he, he would, no I didn't do that but uh, but he would come like and this is probably after the second or third time that he dealt with cancer and he he made like a a, a full recovery and he would come out and he'd say, man, I liked when you'd come in and just like tell me what you were up to because yeah. then I didn't have to yeah. think about exactly. what I was going through. I had this a friend, it was one of the friends that came out of the woodworks, that would literally email me every day in hospital with the most like trivial stuff about what they did that day. And, I'm, and I looked forward to those emails every day. It and was then just, they turned it into a blog and yeah. now they're making lots of money and it's <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. And especially being in Calgary, like I'm away from my friends, like Literally, I had my mom by my bedside every day, and that's it. So it was a bit m- even more remote being in Calgary. It's really interesting finding that out. I remember being, before this ever happened, I remember being the person that was like, holy shit, dude, that person has cancer? Oh, like, like p- retreat, retreat, exactly. retreat. Don't that's talk about it. Instinct. I don't, you know, and I... You know, I, I can't really remember exactly what that's like anymore other than just remembering that, that I was that. Uh, and I, but I can't remember why, but it's just a fascinating... Now, that, now, on, now being on this side of the fence, it feels so much better. There's so much connection that you can have mm-hmm. with a person through that. And when you have, like... Okay, it's a, it, it's a practice skill to have a meaningful conversation. And it doesn't... Some people are born with it, some people aren't. Uh, but... If you don't, if you're not born with it, you got to practice it. And having the tough conversations, like, like for example, for with people who are sick, we were talking about this uh, yesterday, I think, in a conversation. It's it's like it's like shooting with a weighted puck. You know, you're you're having the tough, you're doing the tough like part the now, reference. and it gets easier as mm-hmm. you go, yeah. and you get better at it. And when it when you want to have meaningful conversations about maybe less crazy shit, that's not like hardcore illness or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Then it's it's easier to have those conversations yeah. too, and you become and you build better relationships, totally. And you build you know you build more meaningful relationships. Yeah. It's if anything, I've like it's been a, like I've one like beautiful positive piece I've taken from this is is 
kind of that awareness of being able to have those tough conversations now with other people, mm-hmm. whether it's when they lo- like lose a loved one or they get a diagnosis. Yeah. It's just allowed me to relate to them that much more. It's been, yeah. What's your, um, have, you, have you meditated on death at all? Yeah, I have. And the funny thing is, it's crazy. It, it had nothing to do with my illness. Um, my mom passed away three years ago mm. of pancreatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so I'm actually now on w- the waiting list for a genetic study with BC cancer to see if there's any relation between my cancer and pancreatic. Because my grandpa also had pancreatic. Oh, so they're going to start really? to look and at pancreatic is like it's possibly pretty, the worst. Right. I've yeah. heard that it's bad, bad. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. Isn't there are there two different there's like two different types of pancreatic cancer so. and like one is like. Yeah. This is really bad. And then yeah. the other one's like, this is really bad, but it's but we not could, as we bad. We could potentially do this surgery so you could live another like five years. Yeah. yeah. No, hers, right. was, hers was like wham, bam. Mm-hmm. She never spent a day in hospital in her life and then just, and like ran a marathon, like ran a marathon a year and was just, yeah, came out of nowhere. But wow. I think, so when you talk about death, it was more so around that um, because she had just retired and had so many plans and not that she didn't live life up until retirement, but I'm just like, wow. It's so it's crazy that it did it, it never really crossed my mind, because I it's which is a good thing. It never crossed my mind that this what I had was going to be terminal. I'm like, it's going to fucking suck for a while, mm. and maybe my life will be impacted. But I, at the end of the day, I'm still going to live. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever said I, I was never given the like percentage chance of living. I was never given that stat in this entire journey. So, um, well, I mean, we all are terminal. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We all have a hundred percent chance of dying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, True that. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And, yeah. Really? Like, yeah. and, and uh, I mean, that's something that I can, I'm guessing a lot of people just went, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because well, we well, don't I think mean, about yeah, that. Yeah, probably not. But, 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 it, and, oh. and, and, <laughs> I actually literally didn't hear anybody do that, yeah, to be but honest. The, but, <laughs> but the reason I say... It's more of an in-the-mind the, the, Yeah, thing. no, but the reason I say that is because there's no one here who's like... There's no one here who hears, we're all going to die, and goes, Whoa. Wait. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, you know what? I would, I would very much argue with that. But, no, because everyone understands, yes, we're all going to die, but... It's when you. It's when I don't you, know if they do. I, dude, if there's anyone in this room who honestly thinks. No, 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 no. You're talking about a different thing. Yeah, you're talk, you guys are. You're both you're talking, talking about. You're talking about thinking this that happens you won't all the time. Die. Everybody, it'll just take five minutes. We'll get through it. <laughs> like, like, let's unpack this though. Like let's unpack the this. actual understanding of going. Holy shit! I am gonna die because well, we're like. I mean, right. I'm looking around. I'm seeing everyone. Yes, they're like, starting to realize now. Between their twenties and forty, like between twenty yeah, and forty, like, we are talking about the same thing. See, yeah, we are talking about the same thing, which is that people don't people people acknowledge the fact that they're going to die, but they don't. They don't think about. They don't it. take the time to truly fucking think about. There, it. Yeah. we made it the whole right. way. There, there we go. We go. <laughs> We're here. That's that was great. way less yeah. than five minutes. That was pretty fast. That was Just faster than average. Just give us a minute. <laughs> Sometimes it takes fifteen minutes. That was a quick one. Yeah. 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 But it's something that. Anyway. But what I mean is that we're all gonna we're all gonna face it someday. Some of us get there faster, whether it's from an accident or from an illness. But we're all getting there someday, and we talk about this all the time. Like, yeah, understanding and being and and creating a relationship with that thought or with that idea is really is really important because uh, I. 
It's it's one of the most valuable things I think that that you, you can have in your entire life. Yeah. Right. Like okay. So like, to come back to the question because you you uh, I'm I, I'm not sure. Maybe you answered it and I, I missed it. But what it like? How do you relate to death now? You know, like or, or how has you? I have a it's, I have a bit more of a sense of urgency. I would say because I would tend to be someone who's like. A drifter, not a drifter. That sounds weird. A procrastinator. Yeah, that's like, a better. Like someone who goes like, from state to state, totally. yeah, 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 yeah. Just, committing I'm crimes part, that I'm no one will ever solve. I'm a gypsy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hopped the train in Vancouver to get up here today. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, you saw me at work yesterday. It was yeah. all a ruse. I think I saw an A and E documentary about you. Yeah. Um, that's a murder reference. Sorry. So. I think, yeah. So actually, after every surgery, I do set out something like a big goal to hit after every surgery, and it kind of pulls me through. What was your last goal? Uh, become a spin instructor, and, and I just got hired. So we talked to you yesterday, and you were like on your way to do your shit, and yes, you got I it. Was. So it went well. It went well. Yeah. 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 So that was yeah, that was a big one. Well, time yeah. for some more cancer, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Brian. Or <laughs> or you Whoa. can just not. You Cross. can just set a new goal. Yeah. Or you can just set a new goal. Jesus, my God. Hey, it's a. <clears throat> it's a I mean, the cancer's podcast. really gonna like boost it though. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh my God. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, Brian always just takes that one extra yeah. step. Do you guys want to hear my appendix story? Yes, oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Brian, if, if, you, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, you for sure haven't heard it. If no you one do, here listens to the podcast. I know. Yeah, I know. But some, some, people might, some people might have heard it. Some people might have heard it, yeah. Sweet. No, we so, got, like, uh, one of the biggest fans possible, Matt Coom over here. So, so, um, so I, much the same as you, I was feeling this ab- abdominal pain, and, and I was out to dinner with my brother, and, uh, and we were really hungry. We were, like, working all day, and, and I was super hungry, and we went to this restaurant and ordered some food, and when the food arrived at the table, I just totally lost my appetite. Like, didn't want to eat at all and just had the stomach pain. I was like, fuck, this is when I thought, I have to drink this Pepto-Bismol. So I went back to, uh, I went to my, my friend's house and I was with my brother and a couple other friends and, uh, and they had just got like a case of beer and we're starting to drink and I was just laying on the floor drinking this Pepto-Bismol trying to use a bathroom so that I could start drinking with them. You're like, party. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, my mom's down the street at her friend's house. She got divorced when we were 15. We were probably like 19 at this time. This was like the first night that she had gone out in like a long time and she was also drinking. So everybody's like having a great time on a Friday night and I'm just in this, in this terrible pain. And after about four or five hours of, of feeling this pain, uh, my friend of mine, a friend of mine said, he said, Brian, you should go to the hospital. I think you, I think you have an appendicitis. And I was like, I don't know what that means. That's a very big word. To be used. <laughs> and, and so anyway, I, I called my mom. I got the car. I had to go drive all of her drunk friends home. I'm in a ton oh of pain. God. I have to drive my drunk friends. I'm just like, guys, I need to go to the fucking hospital. I get to the hospital. <laughs> I realize I don't have my health card. And I, I thought, uh-oh, uh, I, can't get, I can't get the help I need if I don't have my health card. Dennis, you're my twin brother. Can I use your health card? And he's like, yeah. So then I have my appendix removed under Dennis's name. And now the hospital still thinks that I have an appendix and Dennis doesn't. And that was like 10 years ago. So 
So if Dennis what? gets a, appendicitis, what? he's going to go to the hospital and be like, it's definitely my appendix. And, and they're going to be like, like sir, sir, you do not yeah. have one of those. <laughs> You're delirious from the pain. Yeah. It's definitely not that. Yeah. This, this is funny now, but there's going to be a day. Okay, so... I want to add, that because this hasn't been talked about, somebody was tweeting at me like a fuckload on Twitter over the last year, and they're like, fix your appendicitis thing, go tell the hospital. And I'm like, yep, you're right. And I'd go to call, and then I'm like, what do you say? Like, what do you call? What okay, do you say? I got a bit of a story to tell you. Here. So, uh, and then just basically say, maybe you I don't say anything. Listen. You just say, hey, listen, can you do me a favor? Go uh, to Sick Boy Podcast, episode 153. <laughs> and then call me back live in 10 from minutes. Squamish at the A Frame Brewing Company. <laughs> and just listen into about an hour and one minute, and uh, you'll hear the story about. That might be easier to do. Yeah, Actually, yeah. you know what? If anybody from the hospital can yeah. contact Phone me after they hear this, it'd yeah. <laughs> yeah. be really convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll ever get that solved. That's got to be bad. Like, that can't be a good... That, like, the, the outcome it's is just... bad for exactly the reason I said. Dennis yeah. is going to go to the yeah. hospital when he gets appendicitis, and they're going to be like, fuck you, you don't have an yeah. appendix. That's like, I got, a drink, yeah. I got a drinking in public ticket when I was, like, 16, and I gave them my fake ID, which was my friend's sister, who now has <laughs> and she's a criminal in jail record. Now. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. yeah. For my drinking in public. Yeah. I'm like, oh. The only convenient she was like, I want to be a teacher. They're yeah, like, you can sorry. never be a teacher again. Yeah, the, sorry. The, what? The only convenient way for Dennis and I to solve this is for us to switch identities. Like, for me to just become Dennis forever. Which is basically a movie, because you're twins. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's called Parent Trap. Uh, but you know what the last thing I'll say is, is uh, anybody else in here have a twin? Identical twin? No. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Uh, just kidding. That's great. But you know what? We can do genetic testing, Dennis and I, and pay half price because we just have to send him one thing of spit. That's true. So that's great. That's true. Anyway. Yeah, what an advantage. It is great. 50% off. Although, actually, there was an advantage today that I never thought about. We were driving up here, and we were passing the... Uh, the Sea to Sky gondola? Is that the... Yeah. That's the highway. Or is that the gondola? No, there's that's a gondola, yeah. Yeah, right. But there's a gondola on there, no? Okay. Anyway, uh, we were driving up, and, Sorry, and there's Dennis, this gondola thing. We were like, oh, that'd be fun to do. And Dennis was like, bro, you can do it for free. And I was like, why the fuck can't we do it for free? He's like, well, because I have a season pass, and I can just give it to my brother. <laughs> But we're not going to do no. that. No. Because Again. that would be stealing. Again. No. Such an advantage. My life sucks now that I'm not a twin. It does, all right, though. All, right. all of our lives suck. Let's rein it back in. Uh, before, <laughs> before we wrap up the conversation, uh, a two-parter question. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the first part is, what would you say your... Say, say it for me one more time, the name of the cancer. Pseudomyxoma peritonei. What would you say your pseudo uh, Say it one more time. <laughs> I Sorry. think you had it, yeah. Pseudomyxoma. Myxoma, okay. Peritonei. Peritonei. What would you say your pseudomyxoma peritonei? Why do you have to turn Spanish at the end of that? Peritonei. <laughs> peritonei. Pseudomyxoma peritonei. Uh, what would you say that it has taken away from you? Oh... It's like, I, it's funny. Uh, it time, like it stalled my life. Just when I like was getting into a career um, or a relationship. Uh, my boyfriend lives in Seattle. So there's been a few times where it's like, okay, we're going to move to the U.S. 
oh, I, my cancer comes back. We don't want to get that done in the States. So yeah, right. no, you don't. stay in Canada. Um, so it's just been a bit of like stop, go. Um, but the funny thing is not like because if I was here having an ostomy, I'd be like, this thing sucks. But for the most part, I've come back the same, if not like Sarah 2.0. Yeah. Well, that my second part of the question is what has it given you? Yeah. Like the, so after the first surgery, um, I was like, I'm going to fucking climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And so did it. And like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go through them all. All Uh, the goals? All the goals. Yeah. So Kilimanjaro, uh, that was first one. That so. one's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a oh, wow, it's yeah. Sweet. That, yeah. You you well, really you really set the bar <laughs> yeah. on the first one. You're like, I'm gonna go to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I fucking did it no anyway. Um, uh, so this is a random fun fact. So I sing the anthem for the Seattle Seahawks. That's what? fucking awesome. And, so and here's the crazy part. She's tone deaf. <laughs> oh, <And> so, <laughs> Find it on YouTube. Yeah. So after one surgery, I was like, I've born and raised, like, hockey is in my blood. Uh, all my family, like, we were just live and breathe. We were from the Kamloops, so it was the Kamloops Blazers. Uh, if there's some Blazers fans in the house, yes! <laughs> Uh, a Gimla? Oh my god! Oh shit! <laughs> so did Gimla like, play for the Blazers? Uh, pardon? A Gimla played for the Blazers? Yes, he did. I didn't know that. I mean, we're, from, we're, from, we're from Halifax, so we know, know the Quebec League is our bread and butter. <laughs> and I don't know shit about this. Place. No, they went to a few Memorial Cups. Um, so it was like, I, I, so my goal was uh, singing for the Canucks. So I've now sung for the Canucks. Five, six times. Whoa! Yeah. So you sing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I think well, I think these guys everybody... have come to some anthems. <coughs> They've we... been like waiting in the wings while I'm. Who would love to hear the Canadian <laughs> anthem <laughs> right now? You fucker! I think we might be able to. We might be able to help. It would only be it would only be appropriate only, if everybody joined in. Say, though. Hold yeah. on, hold on. Well, well you'll start, <laughs> okay. and then we'll all join yeah, we'll in. We'll all join in. And here, you know what? This I, is gonna I'll, be the most Canadian yeah, fucking yeah, thing I got ever. This, I got this. Here we go. Here we go. I got, I'll, I'll hook you up here. You know what? A bunch I, of people at a bar called the A-frame, but sing the national anthem. With <laughs> <laughs> the Tim Hortons around the corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, ready for this? Hold on, hold on. Are, you, are you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we yeah. go. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know the Are piece. you ready for this? I'm bringing up the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> when is the last time you, when you guys sang the national anthem? Okay, we're just going <laughs> Okay, ready? I have never, I've never had background music. I always sing it oh. a cappella. <laughs> then, oh, yes. then fuck that shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah, fuck also, that shit. I was going to play it. I didn't even know there was background music for the anthem. Uh, yeah, well, you don't know okay. the tune. You know how the tune goes? <laughs> Here. <coughs> oh, yeah. You thought I was joining you? Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah, I know. Come on, come on. That's like one of those things where you run down and you're going to jump in and you stop and your friend jumps in. Right, I'll join you, I'll join okay. you. Okay. <coughs> and then once we hit, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the first verse? Our home and Our native, home and native land. land. Once we hit land, everybody else join in, okay? okay. All right, here we go. 
old Canada, our home and native land. I'm so nervous. this up because almost nobody stood for it. <laughs> Take off your goddamn hats! <laughs> oh my god. Well, we're all shitty Canadians. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was oh. fucking awesome. That was hands down the best moment of this entire podcast's existence. Oh. That was amazing. Good job, everyone. You're, wel- yeah. You're welcome, oh, America. Oh. You're, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't drink a beer after this, yeah, too. Yeah. So. Okay, so you sang the anthem. Um, <laughs> Can we really go yeah. any further? Yeah. Should that not be a hard stop? I, 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 I want to know, know the other goals that you hit. Um, I think I just two more. So traveling. Uh, I'd never been to Europe, <clears throat> so that's pretty easy. Um, and then uh, a triathlon. So I did a triathlon. Nice. Can, I, can, yeah, I say, nice. can I say, I honestly thought... You were just saying that you set goals after each bout of cancer yeah. as like a as like a warm and fuzzy thing for us yeah. all yeah, to yeah, hear. Yeah. And I was like, bullshit, you didn't set any hard goals. <laughs> That's really cute for hey. everybody here, yeah. but like you didn't actually do that. Oh my but God. I'm, I'm really put impressed. It, I put it on really a post-it note. Yeah. yeah, you did taped it. Taped it to my mirror. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Well, uh, I want to say uh, thank you. This uh, is great, guys. Yeah, thank you so much yeah, for, for you. not only... Uh, trekking all the way up here on the train from Vancouver. Train. <laughs> um, With my stick and yeah, yeah, yeah. you hobo yeah. drifter. Right. She had to hitchhike in from the train station too. Yeah, uh, but also just thank you for for being so so courageous. I mean, it, it takes. I, I hope we we can all appreciate the fact that it's one thing to come into a room with three strangers and sit down and be vulnerable and open up about some of the hardest moments of your entire life. Um, but then to, to do the, the same thing in a much larger room that is full of strangers, um, th- that, that, takes, uh, that takes a lot of courage. And, uh, and so, you know, I don't say that lightly, and, and I do really appreciate it because uh, this was... It feels like a good crowd. It was it a good like crowd. A it was a good crowd. I mean, yeah. we sang the anthem together. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're buds now. So Not thank bad. you so much. Thanks, and you guys. know what? Thank all of you so much for being here and for listening uh, because that's how this works. Um, this podcast wouldn't exist if it weren't for the people who listened. 
And as important as, as it is for us to talk about the, the challenging uh, aspects of our lives, to talk about how illness affects us, to talk about whatever it is that we need to get off our chest, it is just as important to have people who are on the other end listening and being an ear. And that is all of you. So we thank you all so much for that. Thank Woo. you. <laughs> that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Sarah. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.